Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Patrice Lindo. Patrice, there are a lot of young people out there who may think they want to get into consulting or or may not even know Mm -hmm. what consulting is. I mentioned three of the big four. Yes. You were KPMG, where you are Mm -hmm. now, Deloitte and Accenture. Mm -hmm. But there are also a bunch of others. I'm just going to list some of them out here. Mm -hmm. McKinsey, Mm -hmm. the Boston Consulting Group, Bain & Company. PricewaterhouseCooper, Booz Allen, EY, and on and on. For those listeners who aren't familiar Mm -hmm. with the consulting world, I'm going to give a 10,000-foot view before we get into your bird's-eye view, or maybe it's more the ant view. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Consultants work with client companies to solve specific business challenges. And consulting projects are often done in teams and can focus on a variety of areas, including Mm -hmm. strategy Mm -hmm. and technology implementations. Does that sound about right? That's a very, very fair explanation. That is absolutely correct. The team is interdisciplinary, so you hit the nail on the head. From the technical to the people side to the strategic side, So the contractual side, there's a lot of kind of irons in the fire. So you hit the nail on the head. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So your title right now at KPMG is People and Change Management or Change Manager. Correct. What does that mean? Mean, right? In in layman's terms? Yeah. So remember that multifaceted or that interdisciplinary team we just talked about? I'm on the people side of a change. So if you have a company that has, let's say, a business problem that their IT support team is not able to process requests quickly, they will decide that they want to implement a particular system, maybe something like uh, ServiceNow, for example. And ServiceNow is the machine that operationalizes, you know, these problems coming in and routed to the right people and solving the issue of the person calling in. I am on the people side of that change where we need the technical team to develop the solution, 
right? We actually need the people to implement that solution, meaning convert what's old or the legacy system, as they call it, to the new system. So we're all talking about now here things that we're changing. Well, there's a people side of that. For it to be sustainable, if we don't teach people how to use it, then they won't know. So we can't necessarily take the Apple phone or iPhone approach where here's your phone, here's a book to read and use it, right? Or they play around till they get it. We actually have to consider what that looks like because people have grown up with the older system. So what do they need to start? What do they need to stop? What do they need to continue doing? And so we break that down for them and anticipate what their needs are based on where the company needs to go. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when you mention service now, is that a type of technology? Is that a software? Correct. Service now is a type of software like you'd have service now. Workday, Oracle, Salesforce, these are the backbone, if you call it that, to the operationalization of change. So we're converting from pencil and paper, for example, to what the technology looks like. And so there are companies out there that have operationalized that and pitch to different organizations that we can help you do this quicker, sooner, faster if you use our system. Okay, great. Yes. Thank you. And your expertise is in organizational change management, which Mm -hmm. is, because I had to look it up, a framework for managing whether it's cultural changes or, as you just mentioned, new business procedures in a company. Correct. Where they have to learn new behaviors, new skills, for example, with service now. Correct. You and I were chatting before we started recording, and you said your focus is on the human capital. Yes, correct. Correct. It's what is that from human resources? Yes, that is so. Please tell us what you mean by human capital. Well, what you will find is that in an organization, we have intellectual property, in other words, whatever they've created, right? Whatever that organization is known for. You also have the funding that goes with that. You know, how do we support, you know, getting your widget sold, for example. There are people, if you go along with that example, that are selling that widget. There are people that are creating that widget. There are people that are documenting how to use that widget, for example. Well, in the people side of the widget selling, if we stay with that example, we have to care for those people. And so we call that human capital. I'm simplifying this to a very layman terms. But in other words, how do you care for, recruit, resource, and also empower the people that are working within your organization? So that's what you call human capital. So at KPMG, for example, we have our internal customers, like people on my team. We have our external customers, which are, let's say, the IT team, and I'm on the change management team. But we also have our clients that we have to service. So we have different audiences that we have to show up for. And how do we show up for them? What are their needs? How do we assess their needs? How do we help them make the transition from current state to future state? How do we help them think through and actually enact or or embody, so to speak, that change? And so that's what I work on, how to get people to make that change in a sustainable way and clear roadblocks if there are any. Wonderful. And you said you've got different customers, whether they're internal or external. And I was shocked. I looked up how many employees KPMG has. Mm -hmm. It has a stunning 220,000 employees 
all over the world. Correct. And they're not the largest because at Accenture, and I'm dating myself, but this was probably circa 2018, there was nearly half a million. So KPMG is not the largest. <laughs> but yes, absolutely. We're talking about lots of people. <laughs> so what are your responsibilities right now, Patrice? It's multi-layered. So what the client will start client facing, it's being able to, number one, help the client figure out what their solution looks like from the 50,000 foot level and the 2,000 foot level. 50,000 meaning business goals, how do they meet them? And what are the changes that would be required? Is it training that's required? What does that training look like? Who's impacted by the change that's going to happen? How do they need to inform their customers if they need to? So it's a combination of training and communications. What that needs to look like, because it can be from a newsletter to maybe a two-minute Google video to a training document. What does that need to look like? And then what does the communication need to look like? Because typically the changes that are happening are phased, right? So who is our top priority and then phasing that out and then being able to repeat that process across the different parts of the client organization. Layer one. Layer two is internally for my team. What is it that we need to create and how are they best prepared to create those things? So if we are creating, let's say a video, do we have the licensure created to be able to create that training video so that it meets the needs of the client? So are they trained on that? If it's a job aid, are they following the pedagogical, if you call that, I'm using technical terms, but in other words, are they equipping it from a teacher perspective so that the student can learn? Because they're not all teachers, right? From the internal perspective, I also work within KPMG to help with the, what they call the employee resource groups. I've joined a few women's groups. I've joined a few parents groups and I've joined the Black Careers Matters groups. So those are things that I'm passionate about with regards to coaching and career coaching. So there's kind of three faces that I work within KPMG, the client facing one being, you know, what takes up the most of my time, I'd say about 75% of my time and the 25% is split between those last two areas. So take us into a typical day on the job for you. Now we're doing this interview. Actually, today's June 1st. Yes, yes, yes. Can't believe summer's here. So June 1st, 2021, Mm -hmm. I take it you're still working remotely. Yes, yes, we are. We are still working remotely. And my understanding is that it's at least until September of this year, at least until then, because I definitely want us to be comfortable, vaccinated if you want it. Well, you need to be vaccinated if you are going to be client facing, but definitely taking care of their human capital which is their employees, right? So they've given us that space and message that to the clients, which so far has not been an issue. So what is a typical day like for you working remotely? So from leadership perspective, a day in the life of, or a dialo as we call it, is basically number one, where's the client? What do they need? What's being rolled out next, right? Meaning in that we're in a phased implementation right now with one of our clients and where are we with that particular implementation? What is the state of readiness? You know, how is the testing going? The training artifacts that are being created, where are they? So checking in with the client, checking in with my team, assessing where that is and where any blocks or gaps are, 
and being able to work through those things so that we can meet those needs. This is not a typical day, I would say, because I just got back from PTO. So you know how it is when you just get back from PTO. You're trying to kind of drink from the water hose at the same time as you're doing work. But that's typically what my day looks like. So it's basically being there for the client and my team to make sure that any blocks that they have, we've addressed them and they know how to move forward so they don't feel like they're moving rudderless. I help them to provide their rudder so they know what direction we're moving in because we have dates to hit, right? We have timelines to make sure that we are staying connected to and aligning to. So we have a master schedule. And so making sure that we'll be able to hit those dates and if not, you know, getting the message out and clearing those blocks so that they can hit those deadlines because they're usually contractual, right? And so that gets into money. So you got to make sure everything is good. So how many people on your team? Six. I have six people on my team, three on the comm side and two, well, including myself, three on the training side. By the comm side, you mean communication? I mean communication, sorry. Three on the communication side and three on the training side, training and delivery. So when you were saying, for example, you may be working on some kind of a press release or some yes. kind of a news release. Yes. That would be the comm side of your team that would be working on that. And then with the training side of the team, if they needed to actually write a training manual Correct. and execute over the training itself, they would be the ones doing that. Correct. Correct. Well, in this case, they're creating it, but the client is actually delivering the training. So we create the artifacts and, you know, help them to them, meaning the client, because they have what we call the model. We train the trainer. We train the client on how to deliver the training to their teams, because from a sustainable point of view, that particular client's employees doesn't know us, right? That level of loyalty isn't there with us, right? So we train up the teacher, so to speak, within the client so that they can go out with our support and deliver the trainings or changes, I should say, to their population. That's that cultural change we talked about. What type of personality do you think would thrive in this type of environment? Is it more interesting to be working with multiple clients as mm-hmm. opposed to, for example, working inside one of your client companies yes. executing. Like, how would you describe the kind of person that thrives in a consulting environment? Between? Yeah. The type of person that thrives, I would say, is someone that is basically an agile thinker. They can be flexible, but they can also drill down, right? They're a good nurturer because to nurture, if you think of, let's say, a garden, right? Even if you were planting one vegetable or one fruit, you probably don't just have one plant. You probably have several plants, right? If you were planting multiple vegetables, you would be having multiple plants for sure. But you can't necessarily focus on all the plants at one time. So you kind of set them up, you water them, you fertilize them, and then you go away. Let them do their thing. You come back and you check and you assess and you have to be able to drill down where you're needed. So you almost have the sense of being almost like a farmer, right? Almost like a gardener where you can till the soil so that everybody can get what they need. But you can also focus where the focus is needed based on their season, right? Based on what their needs are. And so that's where you really thrive in consulting. Because, for example, before I had even gotten into leadership, you have different parts of the client that you have to consider beyond just training and communications. After you do their learning needs assessment or training assessment, where are the gaps, right? Once you identify those gaps, who are the impacted audiences? When you determine who those impacted audiences are, what kind of training do they respond best to based on maybe history or based on what they need to know? 
are there any potential resistance to change factors that you need to take into consideration? What is the timeline? How quickly do you need to move them through? Do you have executive support to come in and support you so that you're bringing in the best practices, but they're bringing in the heavy, this has got to get done, John, you know, at our company, this is what we do type thing. So you've got to be able to respond in a way that is almost a step ahead of them, but it's a step in line with them at the same time. You have to be flexible. You have to be emotionally intelligent where you can read the client, so to speak, especially in a virtual world. You have to be able to influence without forcing and you have to be likable, relatable, right? So there's a lot of things to keep in mind and you don't want to have a -a whack-a-mole approach where they see you coming and they're like, get that girl or guy away from me. It's very much like you make class friends, but you get the work done, you influence, but you don't force. You are absolutely able to drive results and speak their language in a way that you show up as more of a subject matter expert and less of an order taker. So that's why I said that there's a couple of different things. I think if you have the propensity to, to tutor and teach, but do so in a way where you're not just going by the book and these are the things the book says, but you can come with an insight and introspective way of sharing that information, then people will be, I think, very receptive to you and you'll be very successful in consulting. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T4C. And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.